0: Colonel Ray Jensen, and a handful of others, stood there glaring down at him as he hid from the beasts. Under the cover of darkness, he brought the advanced combat optical gun sight of his M4 to his swollen eye and zoomed in, searching for a vehicle that would help them escape. Motion flickered in the limbs of an ancient oak tree next to the building. Hundreds of blackbirds nested on the spiny branches, their weight causing the tree limbs to creak a sound that reminded him of the cracking of variant joints. They had selected the rooftop for that reason. If an infected got too close, the birds would take to the skies. Most of the time the variants stuck to bigger prey, which explained the lack of animals and humans in Chicago, but the mindless beasts would likely be forced to turn to birds, rats, and perhaps even insects if they got hungry enough. Beckham moved the ACOG's sights to the street where the infected beasts were haunting, One of the creatures, a sinewy female still dressed in blue jeans and a shredded Chicago Bear sweatshirt, scrambled over to the trunk of the tree. Beckham backed away from the ledge, keeping to the shadows out of view. The monster glanced up at the birds with yellow eyes, blood dripping from a sharp nose as it sniffed the chilly air. Beckham's muscles froze. He didn't dare move an inch The beast couldn't see him. But that didn't mean it couldn't smell his body odor or the pus oozing from his wounds. The sound of joints popping echoed through the city as the abomination bolted back into the road on all fours, uninterested in the birds and oblivious to Beckham. Beckham slowly moved so he could see the buildings down the block. An armored bank truck sat on the curb at an intersection. He used the ACOG to zoom in on the vehicle, but then pulled the scope away when he saw a pack of infected clambering over the exterior of the old warehouse behind the truck. From the height of the roof, they looked like an army of albino ants. There was no telling how many monsters were out tonight. Beckham flashed a hand signal to Flathman, who looked over the ledge and followed Beckham's finger toward the armored truck. He nodded and then flashed his own signal, They retreated from the stone roof ledge and sought refuge in the shadow of the wall. Keeping low to the ground, Beckham followed the lieutenant to a cluster of air conditioning units. Beckham crawled across the roof, trying to minimize the noise his prosthetic blade made. When he got to the units, he rested his aching back against one of them and kept his gaze on the south and west sides of the roof, while Flathman watched the north and east. After a few moments of silence... Flathman pulled out a flask of whiskey and took a slug, then offered it to Beckham. It was the tenth time Flathman had reached for his flask that evening, and Beckham finally decided to take the edge off with a drink. The smooth liquor slid down his throat and burned his empty gut. He welcomed that burn, savoring it with closed eyes for a fleeting moment. The burn passed, and Beckham wiped his mouth with the tattered sleeve covering his stump he reached into his vest pocket, where he used to keep a picture of his mother. That picture hadn't survived, but it was carved in his memory like the scars on his body. Instead, he pulled out a handkerchief that he had soaked with antibiotics and then dabbed the cloth against his forehead. The fluid stung the patchwork of cuts and bruises. Pain raced down what was left of his right arm and prickled where his hand should have been. He gritted his teeth, but made himself stop when he heard their grinding. If he could hear the sound, so could the monsters. The ache in his missing arm was getting worse. Something Master Sergeant Joe Fitzpatrick had warned him about. Phantom limb syndrome. It was a condition many soldiers dealt with after losing an arm or a leg. Beckham gestured for the flask again. Easy there, Cap'n. Flathman whispered with a smug grin. He handed it over, and Beckham took another gulp, hoping for some relief, not just from the physical pain, but also from the mental anguish. He'd watched helplessly as Dr. Pat Ellis had been executed on Plum Island. The memory flashed across his mind, his fatigued muscles tensing at the remembered crack of the gunshot. Beckham still didn't know the fate of the rest of Plum Island's inhabitants, and wouldn't have been able to help them even if he did. For all he knew, Kate was already dead, and he'd never get the chance to meet their son. Images of his best friend, Big Horn.